This is Christian Horner. You've won the Austria Grand Prix. <laughs> this is Sergio Perez. Hi, I'm Max Stappen. You are listening to Talking Bull, the official Red Bull Racing podcast. Oh, this feels good. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Talking Ball and what a season 2021 is shaping up to be. As a team, we've won the last few races with Max taking victory in Monaco and Sergio taking the top step in Azerbaijan. And despite his tyre issues in Baku, we're also pleased to say that Verstappen is still topping the Drivers' Championship too. So well done, Max. We can never take anything for granted though and the team have their heads down focusing on the remainder of the season. There is still a long way to go. While most have been busy at the factory, we had a brilliant track day with ex-Red Bull drivers David Coulthard and Mark Webber. We thought what a perfect time to get them together for a chat about their years with the team and their thoughts on the season so far. Over to you, DC. This is the Talking Bull podcast. I'm David Coulthard, a very ageing ex-Grand Prix driver. And I'm sitting here with Mark Webber, who's not quite such an ageing ex-Grand Prix driver. But crucially, we're at Silverstone. We're in the back of the Red Bull racing truck. Yep. And, uh, yeah, Silverstone has been pretty kind to us both, Mark. It has, mate, yeah. You've, you've won um, it a couple of times. Yep. And as you say, mate, we're both getting a bit greyer, but um, tremendous memories for both of us uh, with uh, you, you know, not with Rebel Racing here particularly, but in terms of myself and your memories uh, together with us at Silverstone are incredible. And, um, you know, the venue is so special. I think it means so much to what both the teams we drove for were, were, were British at the time, all the mechanics and, and, and the great people uh, involved in our program. So that brought an extra emotion for it, uh, for the wins. Fans are amazing. And it's an iconic circuit. So everything that sort of ticks all the big boxes, Silverstone, um, weather, you never know what's going to happen. Um, you've really got to step up as a driver here and get the job done. So I, I, I will never forget the victories here. Uh, the reaction from the mechanics, the Red Bull guys and girls was, was world class and um, was awesome. So anyone who's listening to this should know uh, that you are from Down Under. I landed at Heathrow and I think I was here maybe not the day but definitely the second day I just wanted to drive to Silverstone I just I just wanted to see where Senna Prost PK uh, and even yourself mate I mean you were you sort of you were having some great success in the mid 90s already you know and you know I was in Formula Ford then so so for me to to be able to come here and Get so close to track. It was also just the size of the circuit. We don't have these type of these length tracks in Australia. The, I mean, we've got Bathurst, obviously, but in just in terms of the the, the scale of the, the facility here was something I hadn't seen before. So that was great, and I did my first Formula Ford test here, and blah 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 blah. Formula Three. It's always been good to me. I was pretty rubbish on most tracks in the world, but I was on pole here in Formula Three. I won here in Formula Three thousand. I won here in sports cars. I won here in Formula One. So for whatever reason. This track and I just we just clicked and I just love love driving here. It was really really special. So, yes. Well, I'm going to have the opportunity later uh, to drive one of your winning cars, RV7, and yep. jump in and, and do a, a couple of laps of the Grand Prix circuit. Mm. I do the occasional show run, so yep. I know how the, the systems operate. But you know, it's a mighty. That was a mighty car. Yeah, it was, mate. Off the back of um, you know RB6, of course. They go in chronological order, as we know. Um, was was the sort of you know that was a, a Bridgestone car, if we like. And there was the, the RB7 was the first year on Pirellis. Um, so we had a big shift there to understand how they would work and the driving style, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But. It was a very dominating car, particularly with Sebastian. Sebastian loved the RB7. He was he was extremely um, phenomenal. He was just his results were extraordinary. Consistency was next level uh, for him. So 
Mate, you, as you know, you know, the technology moves on so quick, the, the ergonomics sitting in the car, um, you know, I know you're very, you know, you're into the details and there's nothing that needs to be in the car that doesn't need to be there in terms of the steering wheel and, and so the ergonomics of how we operate the vehicles. So, you know, that was a, you know, what, mate, you finished in 06, did you? Oh, yes. Yep, that's right. So, um, so yeah, there's already three or four years, you know, things move along pretty quickly, you know, in our sports. So... Mate, you're an experienced pilot. It's like an old aviation boy, mate. You know, you're the you're the guy that needs to get behind the wheel, and, and it's it's in the safe pair of hands. So um, you'll love it. I mean, mate, there's no better place, is there? Yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. High speed, sun's out. Yeah, I know one thing. I won't be taking uh, cops flat out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be dropping. You won't be alone in your underpants, there, mate. Yeah, if you do, yeah, mate. No, yeah. absolutely. Dropping a couple of gears. Yeah, it's a cracking corner. Um, and I think that's so hard for people to explain. You know, the the first of all, how low your eye line is. The sensation of the speed of this circuit is so amplified I think just because you're of course we're in the same driving position all around the world but when you go when you come to somewhere like here and you've got flick you know the flicking of inside barriers and sort of you know the curbs coming past you a different threading the needle through maggots and beckets it is really an extraordinary feeling for us and, and obviously you'll feel some of that today but not as, as if you're on a qualifying lap when you're at your peak but it's great that uh, mate Red Bull get you out you're still lean and mean and you're gonna have a run which is awesome yeah looking forward to that yep um, what I'm also enjoying is the season's Formula One. Mm. Now, we got together in Channel 4, so you know sometimes we're tag-teaming, sometimes you're there at races, as you were in Baku. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, what looked like was going to be another great victory for Max, suddenly, and you know how this in the sport yeah. can be cruel. You go from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. And then I, I guess what happened in the end with Sergio winning and then Lewis not scoring points, it was fairly you know, neutral yeah. in terms of the championship but the last time Red Bull were leading both drivers and constructor championships is when you and Seb were, were paired up so yeah. put us in that, that cockpit what, what's the sort of emotion that Max will be going through uh, what do you what do you think of the season so far well uh, well, the season's been awesome so far we, we can all uh, vouch for that I think that Red Bull's form off the back of 2020 saw that you know stable reg uh, regulations that there was some form coming at the end of last year I think there was a few first lap incidents that you could question or argue sorry that, that that max could have won a few grand prix finishing the year out but which he did in, in, in abu dhabi but maybe a few more so the form was there whether it was going to carry into 21 it was always a nervous sort of moment uh, for all of us as a neutral you know i'm you know i love seeing red bull do well but also lewis you have to take your hat off to how how well he's driven you know um in the last well <laughs> his whole career so it's a great battle um i think that's uh, Red Bull are brilliant street fighters. They know how to get in the trenches and 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 win the win the the finer detail. Look at pit stops, for example. You know, I think they're also very good on strategy. And I'm not saying that Merck aren't, but I'm just saying Red Bull will not shy away from a fight when it comes to trying to go the duration on this championship. And they're they're used to that. They've got some experienced campaigners in the in in the team. Not so much Max, but I think that you know to answer your question, what will he be thinking? I think he's going to stay very present. He has to stay. You know, it is it's very much a cliche but it is race by race unfortunately he's got to just keep performing at every circuit as best he can um they lost a huge amount of points there was he was you know 10 up on the road with until the fight uh, the the failure came he was he was uh 10 points up on on lewis with three laps to go and then as you say it all reversed out into them being neutralized not really going so max can do it and 
Sergio's now in the ascendancy and Valtteri is now I think he's really struggling inside that team mentally to to work out what how his future might look and that's only going to play into Red Bull's hands. Have you got any insight actually when you mention about Valtteri and we're seeing it a little bit with Daniel Ricciardo you know previous Grand Prix winner for yeah. Red Bull Racing partly young driver program can you explain what can lead to drivers sort of losing mm that extra yard or yeah. in footballing terms or yeah. what is it psychological it's not physical no I think I mean yeah huge part of it obviously is psychological uh, DC also understanding Valtteri let's be honest he's had a couple of good qualifying laps this year he drove well in Monaco he had a dodgy pit stop there um, he's had his more than fair share of bad luck absolutely but also he's had some really average performances mate in our time we never saw that that levels of, of aggression in terms of the, the drop of form. Um, these cars, they are tricky. If, you, if you're not on, on the edge with them, you just lose a tremendous amount of time. So you can pull a, a lap out here and there, but you've got to put the whole weekend together. And that's where I think that, again, with Red Bull, um, they're looking, the, the cohesiveness of the team is, is, is pretty handy. And, well, easy to, of course, get the plaudits when you've just had a win. Yep. Uh, Checo Perez getting that, that victory. But overall, you've been impressed how he's adapted to the max factor and changing teams? Sergio is uh, he's basically a, a Pirelli man in many ways. I think he's a guy that is magical on the rear tyres when the, when the, when the, when the strategy permits in terms of a big one-stopper or, or certain tracks like that, like Monza and Baku. He's phenomenal at Baku, um, which we've seen again. So the Saturdays are still challenging for him to, 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 to go with the track, go with where the intensity is with the Hamilton and Verstappen on, sun, on Saturday afternoon. But on Sundays, he's he's now measured. Um, he's he's now very consistent. And if he can just crack a bit more speed out of the car on Saturdays and give himself uh, a good position to do the first stint in, then he can put pressure on Merck and, and do the job that Red Bull want him to do, which which he did in Baku. The first lap was awesome. He did a really good first lap in Baku, and that's what you know he, he needs to be doing consistently. Looking ahead, the races that are coming up, uh, we're still you know some races have been dropped off the calendar quite late. Yep. Uh, Istanbul has gone, Canada's gone. Um, Singapore has gone are those tracks that would have suited more America Red Bull what's your gut feeling on putting reliability to one side yeah and you look across the season do you yeah. think there's enough there to, to either favour America or favour Red Bull or get your crystal balls out we yeah. want to know yeah I think that I think that Merck wouldn't be disappointed to see Singapore go. They probably wouldn't be disappointed to see Montreal go. You know, these sort of smooth type of surfaces, we've seen them being a bit hit and miss. I mean, Lewis is magical in Montreal. He's extraordinary at that track. But still, we've seen with these smooth type of tracks in Monaco and, and, and Baku, to a, back, Baku to a degree, um, that Merck have been a bit flaky. And Red Bull have certainly delivered on those tracks. So going forward, we've got some, you know, Ricard is a, is a circuit that can be pretty rough on tyres. Um, and let's see with temperatures. We, we haven't had any really beltingly hot Grand Prix yet. Now, Lewis keeps talking about how hard it is to get the car in the window for qualifying. Now, is the Red Bull got a bigger operating window? Remains to be seen. Um, so... That's what I'm fascinated when we get into the guts of the summer European season, when we're going to have some hot Grand Prix on some traditional circuits, whether the Merck can react to the, the last few events that we've seen on the street circuits. If they can't, they're in big strife. If they can react and start to get Lewis up there and, and, and rake some points back, then we're, we're in for a cracking world championship. But they need to react, react in Europe on the traditional circuits and, and start to get the measure of Red Bull. Now, having raced for this team, you, you we've come to Silverstone, as mentioned, you, you see some of the old faces. It, it is impressive to see how uh, Red Bull is largely unchanged. Um, you know, of course, mechanics come and go and, and what have you, but you know, the core team of the engineers, designers, 
are as you know, we raced, as, yeah. as you raced. Yeah. Um, do, do you take a, a walk down memory lane when you when you come and you see the track and you're here at Silverstone? You, do you wish you were jumping in your car today rather than me <laughs> making a, a mess of it? And I do take a walk down memory lane, mate. I do. I love seeing. I love seeing the faces. What hits us straight between the eyes is how fast time goes. You know, you just you don't realise it. You know, I'm 45 this year, and it's like wow, it didn't seem that long ago when I stopped. Um, so it does go quickly. And all the characters involved, and you know, Neve, who I know sorts out all of our racing kit. Bless her, she packed a little bit of some overalls for me today in case I want to have a spin. You know, so that was that well, was you a, want that to? was a, no, 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 mate, I'm not going to have a spin. You're, you've got it, mate. You got it. She she put. So she went. They found my old kit, which was nice. And, and I've, that's, only, I've only got one yeah. good lap left in me. Know, I think I've got more laps than bullshit. that. So. You've got plenty, mate. But that's Red Bull. You know, like you say, the continuity of staff has been, I think, a, a nice uh, part of their success story. You know, and, and Red Bull in general are. Uh, it is about performance, yes. If you're contributing and you're bringing something to the team's performance and, and, and you're consistently delivering, whatever your role is, um, there's a job for you. And that's great. And I love that about Red Bull. So, um, yep, I see a lot of familiar faces here and and, and, uh, and bless them when I go to the factory. And, and I, whenever I do it, I said, I should come here more. You know, I should I should do it more often. And I remember when I was racing, I come back from Manchester United one night, I was watching a football match really late. And it was the winter phase when the, all the guys were getting their cars prepped up for the new season. I went and bought some pizzas and I took them to the, to the workshop and uh, into the race bays. And, you know, they were just great moments watching people with passion and engineering brilliance put together you know externally when people watch our sport they see all the polished nature and how just extraordinary the execution of it is is, is is magnificent but when you get down to the the guts of it it's just still great people with great passion and and um enjoying what they do i think that's a very good point well made it's it's not the name above the door it's mm. the people within yep and you know the name you get brand equity and, and red bull when they come into formula one 2005 people didn't really know what to expect you know yep. what can an energy drinks company do but um with clear strategy clear investment in people mm. mr manager it's empowering and then allowing you know christian and and the, the rest of the, the the senior management to get on with the job it's it's created a a legacy of success within formula one which is pretty remarkable when yep. you consider you're up against your mercedeses and your ferraris and your Renaults and, and or Alpine as it is now. Mm-hmm. That's right, mate. And it was interesting just before we jump on this podcast, you know, talking to the guy saying um, they were talking about their their heritage, you know, sector. Now they have got a bit of a heritage sector in terms of the racing that's gone before them, and 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 that has happened over the last, you know, the, it's 15, 16 years now. They've been heavily involved, so it goes quick, and people have choices in terms of employment. They can, you know, this is an industry where if you're good enough, you can you can if you're that good you can you can have choices about where you might want to work and the sort of environment you want to display your skills in and and, and looks like thankfully red bull it's extraordinary how many of the same faces are still there and, and and loving their job yeah there's a there's a chap called simon adams who i used to share a house with in milton Keynes, and he was one of the the early employees yeah uh, tony burrows uh, yeah, who's here TV, today yeah, then yeah. you know i I, uh, and I he showed me a picture that i signed when i was with paul stewart racing which is the foundations yeah, of what then yeah, became stewart right. grand prix jaguar now red bull i signed a picture in 1992 him saying uh, I want to be in your car in 92 because he was running the Formula 3000 yeah. side of which is like Formula yeah. 2 yeah. and you, you know so therefore I don't remember being that certain I was going yeah. to move up the formulas yeah. but the, these incredibly skilled men and women have grown mm. with us through yep. our time in the sport yep. um, and it's like a band of I was going to say a band of brothers but of course yep. there's, there's yep. women within the organisation as, as well and, and that's in, increasing so in terms of 
the health of the sport, the health of Red Bull Racing, uh, your health sitting here talking bull yeah. on this podcast, uh, all all good in the Weber household? Yep, all good, mate. All fine. Obviously, it's been bizarre, hasn't it, the last year or so for, for the whole world. But, um, you know, our industry and our sport is is, is pushing on probably like no other. I think we've, we've been a, very much a template for other sports in terms of the challenges that come with our sport, whether it's freight, whether it's moving people around through different um, jurisdictions and the rest of it. It's been a challenge, but I've been it's been an honour to still be involved uh, on the fringes of, of watching the sport um, do what it does best. Uh, but yeah, it's it's um, I think with uh, Mr. Domenicali and then now uh, fresh eyes, a fresh lens over bringing the sport into new areas. Um, and I think that type of thinking, it was, I was at the MotoGP a few weekends ago and I was with Stefano and, and we saw, you know, of course he has an immense amount of respect for how Red Bull go about their sporting activities and their marketing activities and, and, and celebrating the athlete and celebrating the push and the boundaries. And he's like, we need a bit more of this in F1. We just need more of this in F1. And we, and we said that when the Red Bull motorhome turned up, it was still, it was a pretty sterile paddock, wasn't it, Formula One? So they brought that fun and energy, but the sort of the serious approach to, to our sport. And I think that's what ultimately you still need yes there is a lot of stake but ultimately still it's only sport it's only sport but there's a lot of stake we all want to win um and i think that red bull um yeah i have immense respect for how the other athletes go about it and that's why i still you know i know it's a this is a again it's a red bull podcast but holy hell um extraordinary brand to work for it is indeed well i think mark you've definitely earned your stripes in formula one and in motorsport Red Bull definitely gave us wings. They Continues did, to yes. give us some wings. Uh, I need to now go and get focused on driving RB7. You sh- am I are you absolutely sure I can't persuade you to do a couple laps? Even if you pop my helmet on, just well, so I can, you know, people can think that I've still got it. I'm, I'm, um, I haven't tinkled with your helmet, mate. So um, I'm going to leave that well alone. But um, I can see your second can of Red Bull here on the table. So you are cranked, ready to rumble. So um, I want, I'm going to go down and stand at cops at the fastest corner, and we're going to see what you got, mate. See how big your balls are, son. <laughs> Ripping. Oh my God. We're talking bull here, mate. Um, you've got me motivated. I'm going to go for it. Mark, thank you. Enjoy talking bull with you. Yeah. And uh, until the next time, mate. Thanks, guys. All the best. Thanks, Japs. So, so good to hear you together again. And we've managed to get some of the radio chat from DC's lap at Silverstone, too. You get an incredible insight into what it's like to drive the RB7. Take a listen to this. Okay, let's go. Here is a very special moment. Right, that would be seven. Not a car, but angry, but uh, a very successful Grand Prix car. World Championship car. 12 victories in total. And, well, I made it 50 years old. This is like Christmas coming to a kid. Okay, a little bit lonely getting out of the garage. Had Andy Stroll, but uh, we're on our way. And down. What was the original tip that Silverstone that I would have driven when I uh, was lucky enough to win the Grand Prix here? Out onto the command circuit, down towards circuit. I'm not brave enough to do that anymore. Okay, mate, that'll do. Thank you. Thanks for the pitch. Uh, Wow. Thank you, Silverstone. Thank you, Red Bull. What a feeling! I'm sure a proper driver would uh, feel the car sliding, but at the speed I'm comfortable doing, be reminded actually just how much grip a Grand Prix car has. Even a mule, if I can be so unkind as to call it a mule, it's uh, still pretty impressive to drive like this. There is, you know, it's perfectly safe, predictable, not at all 
you know, nasty. Of course, with the next threshold, I'm sure that they, they may find different flaws. But in terms of what I'm doing, it's uh, pretty impressive. Nice one, DC. How brilliant is that to hear? That's it for this special edition of the podcast from Silverstone. Make sure you check out all the socials for all the latest from the team. And you can see an exclusive video of our road trip from the Czech Republic to Slovakia called Castle to Castle. It's exclusively available on our YouTube channel right now. Just search out Red Bull Racing. We'll be back with more action from the track, the paddock and the factory here on Talking Ball very soon. Until then, take care.